Hello and welcome to the Manic Film Club, the film review show where we say things like, well, I was going to pick a funny quote from the film to put here, but, well, as they do say a word similar to Mother Flipper over 300 times per 10 minutes, I thought it'd be safe not to do that. So we're going to move straight on. I'm Liam and I'm going to be here for the next half an hour-ish, maybe more, and sitting across from me, still through the powers of the internet, it's Tobias. Well, howdy doody. Howdy doody indeedy. And that feels like that's become a tradition. <laughs> it won't be. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say something different next time. Yay. Hey, mate. Hey. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. That's I mean, a lie. the listeners can't see, but you bold. <laughs> I'm bold. I shaved my head this week. If you hit, if you listen, the sound just sounds smoother. You can't. <laughs> People are making jokes like that. It's just like, what? <laughs> they do. Is, the, really the annoying do. thing is, I didn't mean to be bald. It was an accidental thing. You tried fading, didn't you? I tried to do a self-fade. Bearing in mind, I've never tried to cut my hair before. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, you should get points for trying. I have photos of an in-between stage where I thought, actually, this is looking all right. Now, but... I got to what I would consider the tidying up stage. Oh, no. I managed to just slice up. Yeah, and I, I went, well, I've mucked this up completely. So even though I've taken well over an hour, <laughs> I am now just going to shave my head. Uh, later, my mum asked to see the in-between shots. Oh, She, she misunderstood because I was actually quite happy. I hadn't finished, but I was quite happy with them. She took them as being the mistake that I needed to correct by shaving <laughs> the head. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's just a good job I shaved my head in that case. <laughs> I mean, as someone who, who I mean, it has very little hair, so it does kind of shave it what I have left off. And yeah. you know, I've got a beard that has to be maintained. I'm fully on the side of get it done by someone else. That's why I don't trim my own beard, because I know I trim a little bit too much off one side, then the other side, and then I'm like, yes. okay, now I've got my beard. <laughs> I'm all right with my beard, because I've got a proper set of clippers, I, I know my settings, mm. I'm all right with the beard. Uh, but, I mean, shaving my head, I did it for the first time at the start of lockdown, Yeah, but that was to shave my head. That Isn't was the crazy intent. that we've been in lockdown long enough for you to shave your head twice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And this, and I worked out that I will probably be back at a normal length around Christmas time. Oh, really? Yeah, I suppose because... so. Yeah, it's a couple of months, isn't it? Well, I worked out that I had hair, a decent amount of hair, in June. So that was like March, April, May, June. Hmm. And now we're September, October, November, December. So I'm like, oh, that's going to be that, okay. that long. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a nice Christmas treat. Someone help you stay warm on those cold winter nights. That's well, exactly what I need. Just more hair. <laughs> but despite what one of our minis would suggest, this is not a hairdressing podcast. I know, right? <laughs> this is about a movie. Tobias? Yeah. We watched the film. We did both watch a film. Not together. No, no. Uh, not I watched it yesterday, did you? Yeah, last night. Okay. So the film we watched, Dolomite is my name. In the 1970s LA, struggling comedian Rudy Ray Moore hits it big with his raunchy alter ego, Dolomite, then risks it all to take his act to the big screen. Cast, Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, Keegan-Michael Key, director, Craig Brewer. Yeah, that was the thing we watched. That was the thing we watched. Now, 
there's a couple of points before we really get into it. I predicted last time that I didn't think you'd like this film because it was okay. going to be very, very Eddie Murphy, very in your face. But I also wasn't aware at that time that it was a biographical story, basically. Yeah. So I, I didn't realise it was based on an actual person at all. Yeah. So I was thinking it was fo- it was basically Eddie Murphy, Keith Lemoning, as it were. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is how I basically described this film to Amanda, and that's why I watched it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so where did you sit with it on your like base kind of feelings towards this film? Right, okay. Watching this film, I would I would liken it to a cross between three other films. You mu- uh, Let me say all what all three yeah. are. One, we've actually dealt with on the podcast, uh, Futile and Stupid Gesture. Yes. Which was about the National Lampoon setup. Um, also, a film that I don't believe you've seen, but I've seen it and I told you that you should, The Disaster Artist. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, no. And Dreamgirls. Oh, I've seen Dreamgirls. Dream, what did you call it? <laughs> Dreamgirls? <laughs> it heard like, I've seen Dreamgirls. <laughs> I've seen Dreamgirls. <laughs> yeah. I would say this film is a cross between all those. I get and that. I, I, get I that. would say I preferred all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that completely. Now, I will say, because I genuinely, generally, genuinely, both of them, I generally and genuinely okay. like films about comedy and about stand-up comedy and comedians right. getting into the business and kind of figuring their way around it, which is kind of how this film starts its way out, doesn't it? Yeah. It's about, you know, Rudy Ray Moore basically trying to go from this host to more than that mm-hmm. and very quickly kind of falling into this dolomite personality from these old guys who come into his shop which i like the idea of it and as i said going into it not realizing it was a biographical and then being like this is all very very detailed oh it's yeah. it's based on a real person okay that makes sense <laughs> um yeah i kind of share your opinion a little bit with For this me, film i think the, the film is in two halves the first half is him working out what he is as a comedian. Yeah. And the second half is, let's take it into the movies. Yeah. I enjoyed them taking it into the movies a lot more okay. than the stand-up because I had an issue that I just didn't find it funny at all. Okay, yeah, no, that is... That's fair. That's quite a common theme from some of the things I've looked at and read. Really? I mean, I will say generally, this has had a very good reception it all has. around. It's, it's but been very well when received. You, when you do look at some of the more negative opinions and reviews on it, they're not about the quality of it or like the, the cinematography. It is all, I just don't think it's funny. So yeah. I think it's very much pointing out a certain audience and a certain humour. Yes. Almost yeah, potty it's... mouth, because it is very, very, um, what's the word? Crass. Yes, it's very dated. It's of its time. I mean, the film itself is made now, but it's obviously dealing, its subject matter is then and it's being true to it. Yeah. But I, I mean, we have the situation here. I'm a white guy in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) We are not the the aimed audience for this, really. Um, And honestly, I didn't, I didn't enjoy first half an hour maybe even an hour i can't remember exactly what point they start getting into the movie side of it yeah but that first bit where it is him becoming that comedy comedian he's, he's listening. finding his character isn't he 
he's listening to the old guys around basically they seem homeless uh, yeah. around like a bin fire kind of stuff uh, and he's loving what they're talking about and i'm like well i'm not enjoying any of their stories no and you're and you're thinking this is brilliant uh I, I, him putting on the character yes you're right about the whole keith lemon aspect yeah which i can appreciate from uh he's putting on the character he's wearing a wig that people don't even realize is a wig but that's the thing is he's he he is but he's not because every single time he's introduced it's rudy ray moore as dolomite yes or the the man who knows dolomite it's rudy ray moore so it's like you are you've got this persona who you could hide behind and get away with everything but you're not you are just being yourself as that person so it's almost like they're not hiding it's different because like we say about keith lemon which to be fair i don't know how many of our foreign listeners will know who keith lemon is that is that is true Keith, keith lemon is like a tv personality on british tv but he is a character made by an uh, an actor really who's known for other characters yeah. but keith lemon is now his main alter ego that has really taken basically off. a person within his right, own right yes but he does he only ever it will be a show hosted by keith lemon yeah it's not av- avid avid merian as keith lemon it is always i will say avid merian is not the real actor no i know lee francis is his real lee name. francis Just, yeah i should have <laughs> that's, that's one that's of his characters the one i always remember because i cannot stand that character yeah, um, yeah, I don't mind Keith Lemon actually. I can, I, I can take I Keith actually, Lemon. I like Keith. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, Keith Lemon, because he is quite an adult character, he works quite well as family stuff as well. <laughs> well, he gives advice, or used to give advice on This Morning. I'm yeah, like, how did that happen? <laughs> he also did the TV remake of Through the Keyhole. <laughs> yes, he did. And actually, it wasn't bad. No, I either. really liked it. Um, but anyway, back to Dolomite. <laughs> yeah, Dolomite is uh, a black 70s icon yeah who i will say i didn't know anything about him same here that's why i did not recognize the name no um and now i find it interesting having done a little bit of research that this is like one of eddie murphy's idols oh yeah big time uh but and apparently this is like a passion project but presumably because they've apparently tried to make this many times yeah but it surely would only work now with Eddie Murphy as he is now. You'd think, yeah. Because 2011, if he was younger, it would have worked. At, 2011, <laughs> they first looked at trying to really crack on with it. It was to, in 2011 when the uh, writers sat down with Rudy Ray Moore and interviewed him to get some stories. Yeah. And Because apparently Rudy Ray Moore loves attention. He, he loved being in the spotlight. Sadly, yes. he's passed away now. But yes. um, he loved being in the spotlight. And any chance for more of that, he'd always kind of grab for so the yes. moment they said we want to make a film about your life he was all on board for it and they said they said eddie murphy's one of the people we want we're looking at to play you and he said oh that's brilliant he'd be lucky too and, uh, <laughs> but um yeah, that was back in early like 2011 and then they tried to make it several times and one of the quotes i got from one of the articles i read about this film was that they tried making it but the problem was nobody seemed to care yeah and it's like that's an issue I mean, they kind of have that issue in the film. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, actually. Maybe that's the case of life imitating art. Uh, but then it's also art based on life. So it's that kind of... Um, I don't... Yeah. But this is what I mean, because you haven't seen The Disaster Artist. No, I haven't. It's one I do want to see. I just haven't got around to seeing it yet. Basically, it's about a guy who wants to make a film, so he makes a film. But generally, it's terrible. Right. But it's so bad, 
it becomes iconic. Yeah, it's kind of how it is now, isn't it? <laughs> um, and there's festivals now based around it. Right. This one film. Well, that's not the case with Dolomite. Dolomite, there was a franchise of films. Um, so there's actually a franchise of Dolomite films. It made apparently be... after the after the the initial Dolomite, there's seven more films. Yeah, um, I kind of looked at the 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 real guy. Yeah, I, I looked at his career a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then, but this this film is really about the making of the first film. Yeah, and I, I think I'm on board with you when you say I kind of got into it a bit more when they started making the film stuff, which surprised me actually because I really do like things about stand up com- comedians and that kind of stage side of it. Having watched um, Amazon Prime's The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is exactly that, it's a woman getting into stand up comedy. Yeah. And kind of realizing that she needs a on stage persona, even though she wants to be honest to herself, she yeah. kind of has to find that balance. So I thought I'd really enjoy the first half, but you're right. But I think half the reason is we are not the, the key audience for that element. For I mean, yeah. it, that is literally the whole plot of the, that first bit is them saying that this is comedy for a black audience. And they're constantly, there's literally a scene where there's a load of white people hearing it going, why is it, we don't get this? Why is this funny? Yeah. So yeah. it kind of, backs up what we're saying that we're, we're probably the wrong audience for the material within the film but yeah once they started making the film it was quite interesting looking at how they were doing it and the fact obviously they kind of he kind of almost kind of conned his way into this old hotel yeah like clever really actually knowing that it's all based on true as well yeah oh yeah and that was one of the things every now and then something would happen and i'd be like oh, that's crazy and then i'd go but it's real <laughs> That, that's the thing. Now, I don't know. I didn't look into it specifically enough to know that it, is every scene real? Yeah. Based, based on something. But it's like, it, one of my favourite scenes in it did turn out to be real. And it, there's a sex scene. Yeah. Where beforehand, because he's not a young man, Dolomite is very much, well, I'm talking about him as his character, but Rudy is really right Rudy. Uh, he's now realizing he's got this sex scene, but he's not young. He's not a sex symbol. No. He, he, you know, and they rather than make it all tender and loving like the writer wanted, they make it so farcical with bits of the room moving and collapsing and all and this. The roof of... literally lowers onto them. Yeah. At one point, it's a very. It is actually generally one of the most funny things for me in the film. Yeah. And it's based on real that they did that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but I liked, I guess, maybe because of the business that we're in. Yeah. Not that Seeing we... the behind the, yes. the camera stuff is interesting. I'm mentioning the sex scene. Obviously, the second half of this film does focus on the the making of Dolomite, the first yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. But actually, several of the scenes we see aren't from that film. Like the sex scene isn't from the Dolomite film. It's from a later film, something, about, something with the word tornado in it. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, that one, the police uh, car chase that we saw. Yeah. Two of the big scenes we actually focus on aren't from that film at all. They're from but I think they cherry-picked. They yeah. cherry-picked iconic And Dolomite apparently thing. a lot of other... There's lots of Easter eggs to every other film throughout this this film. It's kind yeah, of scattered with it. The, the, the thing with this, because it's essentially a biopic, yeah. and they need an ending point, and it's after the first film has been made, Yeah, it's that kind of thing of... No other film, realistically, is going to focus on those other bits. No. So it's just like, well, it makes we'll sense put this to here. include we'll put... them. Yeah, it does. 
because um, at the end of the day, it's a it's a it is a comedy, so it made sense to have those elements in there as well. Yeah. Um, now, one of my favourite elements of the film is also one of my my issues of the film. It's the fact that I, not knowing any of these people in real life, as in what they were like, one of my main issues was the fact that I felt most of the characters felt a little bit caricature-y, but that yeah. could just be Eddie Murphy. But actually, he's not the one I have an issue with. Okay. It's actually Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Mm. But that's, this is what I'm saying. He was also a lot of my favourite moments. It was just the way he carried himself as the character felt so like I'm putting this character on. But I don't know. Uh, the character's name is... I've got it written here. Dervil Martin. So well, he's he's the director of the film. Yeah, he's directing the film in it. And a, he's obviously a well-known actor within it. And he, he gets approached, doesn't he, by Rudy Raymore, who's like, you know, I, I want you to do, a, do this um, film for me. And he's like, you can't just come up to me and ask me randomly. And he says, I'll let you direct. And that kind of that's the selling point. Yeah, and but those were some of the funniest moments with him basically going, "This is this is terrible," and sitting there drinking on set and the little looks. Yeah, I liked them, but at the same time, there were the things that kind of pulled me out of it because they were very much this is for comedy comedic effect. I get what you mean, but at no point is Wesley Snipes my issue. I had it more right. I accept who Eddie Murphy is. Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you can see his Eddie Murphy. Isms. Yeah, and I'll come back to something, but I have to come back to it. Wesley Snipes, I only know as being actually quite serious and normally the bad guy. So, yeah. Yeah, but for me, I'm not, I didn't write down the actors' names, but two of Dolomite's entourage, as it were. There's one who likes to dress all in red, who's quite camp. Uh, Titus Burgess, wasn't it? Possibly. Um, From Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, that makes complete sense. Yeah, Ty- uh, Titus Burgess, who plays Titus Andromedon in Kimmy Schmidt. And I will say, generally, not a fan of him. I find him too over the top. Well, yes, that's my point in this. Although probably a little bit toned down to Kimmy Schmidt, where yeah. he is very over the top. Because uh, he's only a side character here. But also, Craig Robinson. I know. Is he, he the guy's also like in Brooklyn? The, the singer? Yeah, he's in Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine as well. Yeah, okay. Is he? He's um he's only in the odd episode. He's the oh, yeah. bandit. He he appears in a lot of films, and yeah. I actually I don't mind him, in but doses. I kind of in this particular film they didn't feel necessarily like real people. No, I get that. I I kind of accepted Craig Robinson's character, who was he ben was more so. a little bit more realistic. But my problem with Titus Burgess is the fact he I always feel like. That's not real. He that's... might burst out in song at any point. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, in real life, that is what he's like. Yeah. You know, but um, I fully get that. And he he got more glamour and glitch throughout the film as they yeah. kind of get a bit more success up and down. I fully agree with you on that. I have written a load of the, the characters and actors down. The problem is I don't know who a lot of them are from no. the film. <laughs> uh, I would say, actually, I think one of the, the key characters, and you're going to have to tell me because I have not I even got notes yeah. in front of me, um, the main actress. She's a bigger lady, and this is a key point right, to the yeah. character. Uh, the I, lady is the character is called Lady Reed. Yeah. Um, and the actress is Devine or Divine Joy Randall. I actually thought taking Eddie Murphy out of the equation, as it is very much his vehicle, 
she's the best role in it. I really liked her yeah. her side of the film, really. Yes. Um, because actually, it could have been. Whereas a lot of the film does deal with race, obviously, because yeah. it's going to. Hers isn't about race. It's about being a female, a bigger female. Yeah. And you like you don't get to see people like me in movies. Yeah, where well, there's that big thing where she kind of thanks him, isn't there? Yeah, and that's actually that's much... genuine and nice. And that's how one of the, the moments you can really tell there it's based on a real story. Yes. Because it's not an unnecessary character moment to throw in. It's genuine. Yes, because I actually think had it been fiction, that might not have been in it. No, no I fully agree. Her, no, her character was definitely... Not a breath of fresh air. That's the wrong word because I, I wasn't like sick of the film at that point generally. Yeah. But she was a really good addition. And I think really did benefit the film. Um, the other character who I keep seeing the actor everywhere and I never know who he is or what he, I know him from. But it's Keegan Michael Key. Yes, uh, he's he in everything. Jerry, he is in Jerry everything. Jones. Yeah, he's one of those. I see his face on adverts on random TV. Is he shows. not in Last Man on Earth? Last Man with with, with Will Forte. He might be, but he is. is. I haven't got that far. <laughs> oh, I I just catch it on TV, and I'm sure he's in it. But, uh, very uh, possibly, I could be wrong. I could he could be someone else. <laughs> but no, he does pop up in a lot of things. He's yeah. the, he plays the the writer of the film. Actually, a character I quite like throughout the film. I did. Being a writer, I yeah. could relate to it because he was basically like, "Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to make it this." And then, edit. Well, Dolomite's just like, "I'm going to put kung fu. Everyone loves kung fu." And this is where he goes, "Do you know kung fu?" He's like, "No, but like, I could chop stuff yeah. up." Yeah. And it's like later when they've actually made the film and they've put it out to distributors and they're all rejecting the film one by one. And Eddie Murphy's on the phone going, "Oh no, I I learnt kung fu for the movie." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It was it was actually one of my funniest moments was with him, and it was literally after the sex scene. Yeah. They hadn't told him what they were doing. Yeah. And he, he's like, I wanted this to be a, a serious, tender moment. And it was really funny. Um, yeah. the, uh, generally, it's got a huge cast. I've, I've written down, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've written about eight or nine names down out of, like, the Wikipedia cast. They don't even give you the full cast. It, of the people they think you need to know is in it. It's about 30-odd people. It's a big cast. Well, there's actually some... Whilst most of the cast are black actors... Yeah, uh, a couple. There's Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he plays Lawrence Woolner. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if you would have picked up, but Cody Smith McPhee. I don't know the name off the top of my head. He was like literally just a cameraman in it. He's Nightcrawler in the X Men films. Oh, really? Yeah. So I saw his name come up in the uh, credits, going, "All right, who are you?" Because he's an odd actor to have in this particular film. Fair enough. That's odd. Um, yeah. On the note of smaller characters, the um, I don't know if I wrote the actual actors down. I didn't. But the point is, um, the actor who plays the head of cinematography, the very young, like uh, white lad studio, he's come from the like acting cinema. That's not who I've talked about. I don't know. I don't know. If I think it it's is. Cody Smith McPhee. Oh, is it? I think that's him. Is it? Is he the son of a very famous director? Uh, maybe. So I'm trying to think who else that would be. Oh, what, in real life, do you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, that's the thing here. Is that, uh, him, that I will... the, yeah, yeah. Find out because I didn't write the name down saying that he, it's not mentioned in the film where I like, because it wouldn't be. But yeah, he's the son of a very famous person. So we're we talking about the actor who I believe played... so. 
I believe so. Unless it's literally the character is the son of a very famous person. And I didn't pick up on that in the bit I read. It was it was in the trivia bit of the IMBD. Oh, we are possibly talking about different actors then. Right, okay, uh-huh. I found it. I found the one I was, I was talking about. Uh, who are you um, talking about? It's not mentioned, but Nicholas Joseph von Sternberg, the 23-year-old director of photography for Dolomite. Oh, in 1975. Okay, so the actual character was the son of director Joseph von Sternberg. Now, I need you to... Oh, no. Okay, so therefore, Cody Smith-McPhee does play him. Uh, So we were talking about Cody (laughs) Smith-McPhee. Yeah, just I was unknowingly talking about his character. Yeah. (laughs) You were talking about real-life version. That's, That's cool and weird. Um, no, I I just thought it was quite interesting that he was this 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 kind of character who is focused on but isn't really a focal point. Yeah, was the son of someone really famous in the time. I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but no, you're right. I didn't recognise him. No, he's not blue. That is probably the <laughs> element. That he did yeah. very little teleporting. Yeah, he did. And his <laughs> tail, his tail kept out of the way. <laughs> yeah, he did very well at hiding it. Yeah. Lots of makeup. Good acting. That's what it is. <laughs> Good acting. <laughs> um, so you've you've already mentioned that Bob Odenkirk's in this. Yeah. Um, but another very big person who who pops up in this is Snoop Dogg. You know, once known as Snoop Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he changed the name to Snoop Lion? Oh, I don't remember. Do you that. know that was that long ago? Actually, that was when he kind of came back and he gave up like all the drugs and he kind of became this public figure again. Yeah. He kind the of yeah, known as Snoop Dogg. He's oh Snoop yeah, yeah. Dogg. But that's like. P. Diddy Puff Daddy and all that, isn't it? It's where, you know... Yeah, right. It doesn't matter what you change your name to, you're going to be the one everyone knows you as. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but no, um, Snoop Dogg turns up as a Roj, or Roj, R-O-J, who's like the in-shop DJ, isn't he? Uh, yes, I mean, he's a very small role. He, yeah. he's, right, he's right at the beginning, and we do see him a bit later. Yeah, kind of... Yeah, he's not He's not a lead at all. Yeah. But it's just quite interesting who they got popping up here and there. Chris Rock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's one. You you hear his voice before you see him, and you know who very he much, is. Very much so, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's Chris Rock, um, yeah. and I did note it down. Chris Rock plays Bobby Vale, the radio DJ. Fair days, fair days. And those are all the names I've got written down, except for. That means you lied. There's another one. <laughs> Mike Epps as Jimmy Lynch, who I hope is related to Omar Epps because he's the <laughs> Epps I know. True. But, yeah. Actually, that's probably why I recognise the name Epps. Yeah. Yeah. But um. What else have I got written down here for interesting, interesting stuffs? Um, obviously, it's directed by Craig Brewers. Yes. Whose work you may have seen. Um, actually, hang on, wait a minute. Give me a second because I actually screenshotted. Um, well, what I think is interesting is I have o- I own one of his films, which is Black Snake Moan. Honestly, I was 50-50 between that and Footloose. <laughs> not not Footloose, no. Um, but his next film is Coming to America, which is yeah. an Eddie Murphy film. Yeah, Coming to America 2. That's yeah, but it's, it's, except it's called Coming to America. Yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting that he's going to be... He's obviously an Eddie Murphy favourite then. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's written by Scott Alexander and Larry Kasuzuki? Is that yes. how we're going to pronounce that? That's how you've decided to. Yeah, definitely, and, probably and you, wrong. You're allowed to do that. And that's uh, how I, it shall be. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I did look at their work. but uh, Basically, they wrote Ed Wood, 
Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, the latest Goosebumps movie. The first I did one. see about the Goosebumps, but I haven't seen um, the Goosebumps. Movie. I think Ed Wood is kind of the big one. And actually, Ed Wood is what caught Eddie Murphy's attention. Yeah. Because he'd read over their script. And apparently, I didn't realise this, that Eddie Murphy's got almost like a um, photographic memory when it comes to lines. Oh, and really? he, yeah, he'd read over the Ed Wood script, really liked it, and could still recall some of it. That's interesting. Even though, that's... yeah, yeah, and it was it, he really liked the work, and that's kind of one of the selling points for the act for the writers to him. But right, I've got a question for you because I yeah. said I'd come back to something. Mm-hmm. There's a point in the film, and I, it's one of my favourite scenes, and it's really quite towards the end um, when uh, Dolomite or Rudy. Uh, decides not to watch the, sh- the like the premiere showing sort of thing, yeah. and he ends up entertaining entertaining the crowds. Yeah, he chooses just to spend yeah. the time because he realizes that because of how many people are waiting, they're going to basically sell out the theater over and over again. Yeah, so he's like, well, they're going to be here till early morning, so I'm going to give them what they've come to see. Yes, and that's very cool. This is my question: Eddie Murphy himself has never struck me. As that sort of actor, I've always struck oh. him. I've always thought he's quite egotistical. Maybe I yeah. can imagine him having strops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I now that's me that. being very. Oh, I don't I, know I anything about him. that though. But also, I do know nothing about him. <laughs> but I would see. I was going to ask you because you tend to know those bits a little bit better than me. I was wondering if because when you're an actor who's maybe got a bit of an attitude problem, not knowing if Eddie Murphy does this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No one quotes me at this. I just wonder if you're an actor like that, but then you're playing an actor who's actually very giving and nice. <laughs> I'm like, what well, does that jar? Do you ever take that kind of going, oh, maybe this is how I should be? Because then it's maybe true. someone will make a film out of my life. <laughs> you know? I mean, I did, like you mentioned earlier, I didn't, I haven't looked into how much of this is accurate to what actually happened. Yeah. So I don't know if, Reed Raymore did not go and see the first official premiere, or and it was that, big, again, or not. That's actually a kind of scene where I could see could be real, or they could have just put it in for effect. For an effect, it's for a much... nice kind of tie-up. Yeah. Now, rather than talk about plot, yeah, because we don't want to get. No. What did you think of the cinematography of it? It's a film that is definitely capturing the time. Yes, with the, the 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 visual effects, as in like the style of the shots, it is very fast paced. For example, the earlier scenes where they're in the comedy clubs or the general clubs where he's presenting, they are doing a lot of quick angles and like upward shots when he's doing his characters. You can tell the feel they're trying to get for it, and I I, I had no issue with it generally. Um, sometimes there were a lot of like snap changes and it was a bit hectic at times earlier on there was a lot of montage moments in this yes um i would say nothing about the cinematography stood out no that that isn't always a bad thing no because sometimes a film can be so arty that you're focusing on the shot rather than what you're looking at yeah, this very much focuses on like, the character. Yeah, and that's that's fine. And I think actually because of that, it fits Netflix. Yeah, completely. It's not one that you'd need to see at the cinema. There's nothing no. to actually make it a cinema thing. No, not at all. Um, no, I fully agree with you. you it's not going to enhance it by seeing it at the cinema. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a very long film. It's just it's it's about two hours, just under by about just a couple under, of minutes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a comfortable watch. If you need to pause it, you can shoot out. You need to. I think I made like three or four cups of tea during it. 
I um I paused okay. it. I have that much respect for it. I I had a slight issue because I I was distracted for yeah. a few reasons. So even though it's a two hour film, it took me three hours to watch. Yeah, but that again, sounds more like my kind of pattern. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't miss anything. You know, no. it's that kind of I it, I was a bit stop starty, but I watched it all, uh, <laughs> and I didn't not understand any of it. No. No, well, any weird flashbacks no, I can keep hold of. There isn't really anything in the film that would make you go, "Is that now? Is that past? Is that?" Ooh. To be fair, it's sort of by the numbers. Yeah, it's very much one, two, three, four. It's just the line of it. It doesn't. It doesn't try to trick you. It doesn't try to put any twists in. It doesn't do anything extra. No, it gives you kind of what's needed. Yes, it's kind of the bones. I don't think it's particularly got any frills to it. Also, you know what was quite interesting? That considering the subject that the film is about, like the character of Dolomite is this like um, lady killer. He's, he's like a ladies' man. You know, he's this kind of all-round player, really, isn't he? That's kind of the character. Yeah. There really, there's no love story in this film. This is a, there is no love story in this no, film. No, there isn't actually. Normally, with this kind of film, you'd you'd get the main story like that. Actually, if this was, if this wasn't real life, um, Rudy Ray Moore and Lady Reed would have got together. Yes, that is true. That it would have been, been forced because her husband. Also. She basically her husband basically left her at the beginning of the film. Yeah, it was yeah. her and her lonesome son. You know, but actually, there was no not even an implied romance at all in this, which I actually quite liked. It's nice to see a film not lean back on having to force it in. Well, yeah, no, I agree, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest, it's rare. I actually hadn't, have something like that I hadn't considered that. Um, because there's actually... Well, the film's about what the film's about. Yeah, it is literally and, a story of Rudy Ray Moore, and that is what it focuses on. Yeah, I don't know. Had there been a love interest in real life, I don't think yeah. it would have added anything to the film. No? In no. fact, all it would have probably done is made the film longer. Yeah, the only female influences were Lady Reed and who I think was Rudy Ray Moore's like aunt or gran, who he basically yes. borrowed the initial money off. They were the only female really direct elements yes. towards it. And they were what they needed. There was nothing over the top. No, I actually quite like seeing a film that didn't rely on having a romantic story or crowbar one in for, yes. for a change. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but no, as, as you were mentioning cinematography, that I think you are bang on it, though. There is nothing hugely stand out, but not necessarily in a negative way. No, because, as I say, it doesn't distract. I think it's on its right medium. I think yeah. it's perfect for Netflix at, in that respect. I really agree. Now, when I first sat down and turned it on, it did take me a good half an hour to settle into actually going, OK, I'm going to be all right with this film. You know, when you first turn a film and you don't know about, you kind of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. feelers out for it, and you go, "Am I going to be all right with this? Am I going to struggle?" Then you make a decision. Like for example, we mentioned it every time, "High Flying Bird." I never got there. I no. never got there from the moment it started to the moment it finished. I was like, "Soon I'm going to get into this." Yeah. And then the credits rolled. But it was about half <laughs> an hour for me for this. Basically, around the time he met Lady Reed, it kind of, kind of settled in. He'd found his characters. Uh, of Dolomite and was perfecting the act. Yeah. And I kind of was on board by then. 
how were you with the film generally? Did you? Uh, oh, you said I, you kind of had a. I struggled. Kind of it wasn't until they really got into the him. Let's yeah, let's stuff. make a film. I suppose that's because if anything, that's the kind of stuff that you can associate with a bit more. Yes, uh, I was, which isn't fair to the film. I was distracted, but yeah. not enough to really not watch it. No. Um, Do you think if you yeah. hadn't been distracted, you'd have a different opinion of the film? No. That I mean, that's fair because no. if you think I might have, then that it. It's not fair, but I know. No. That's all. Uh, no, what the kind of film it was, the cast who were in it. I, I kind of I was distracted anyway, but it allowed me to be. Yeah, you know, um, and I didn't miss anything. So I kind of no, I my my thought is my thought really. I kind yeah, of stick by that. Um, I. I struggled with the first half because I did not find it funny. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, the the humour wasn't mine. We had quite particular characters who I weren't really getting into. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, I probably am on board with what you've said. Um, when, as I've already called her, the heart of the film kind of comes in. Yeah. That does help. Yeah, because it, it's not just... There's nothing wrong with the Rudy Raymond character, but it's there's something, there's depth, there's level to it. It's not just one yes. person's story now. There's other things to look at and focus uh, on. I enjoyed the coming together of the film. And I think that, so the second half of this film is what I enjoyed more. Yeah, it was quite nice actually seeing them take this derelict hotel and kind of turn it into a semi-functioning thing. Yeah. That was quite yeah. nice. I do agree the second half of this film is is where it kind of, gets going yeah um yeah i, don't I mean i don't generally have much more to say on this film no i don't um, the only other fact i have which is interesting to know is that obviously when this was recorded eddie murphy was 58 and he was playing rudy who was 47 so okay. a decade younger and wesley snipes is 57 playing a 35 year old actually so that goes against what i said earlier when i thought eddie murphy would have to wait until about now to play oh, true, actually. But actually when they were looking at it no true. he would have been close when to the you age. said that i didn't i wasn't thinking age wise i was thinking like as a person wise because i think it's fair to say eddie murphy's always been kind of followed by a bit of controversy here and there yeah. like, he, like back in like saturday night live days he was very outspoken and all that and he's not always been the most popular people in, in limelight yeah. so i think he's kind of got that point now where he's kind of kind of come through it all a bit more so i thought you kind of meant generally and characterise a person no, well, age-wise age okay. and right for the role but actually he would have been when they were looking at it yeah. closer to the, the time so yeah, yeah there's a good, about 10 years between him and about 15 to 20 issues between Snipes and his character which I thought was interesting but it's not a huge talking point <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um, but no I mean I'm happy to move on and think about rating if you are yeah excellent yeah. well here on the Manic Film Club we don't rate these films on a scale of like a one, one out of five stars or one to a hundred. Uh, for, to give you some context, Rotten Tomatoes rated this at 97%. I saw that. Yeah, which, I mean, again, if this is your bag, this is your bag. You know, this is that's fine. Um, we don't do that. We simply rate it a hit or a miss. A hit means, did you like the film? Did you enjoy it? Would you rewatch it? Would you tell other people about it? Just generally the all-round package. And a miss is nice and simple. It's directly the opposite. So, Tobias. Yeah. Dolomite is my name. Is it a hit? Or is it a miss? 
it's quite difficult <laughs> because I wouldn't rewatch it. If it came on TV, I probably would turn it over because yeah. I know that I don't really like it that much. Uh, I can't sit unless someone outright goes, oh, I really like Eddie Murphy films. I can't really see me suggesting it to anyone. But at the same time, it wasn't a bad film. It just wasn't my kind of film. Yeah. So I don't want to be I don't want to give it a miss because that seems harsh. But I really don't want to give it a hit either because it doesn't really cover the bases. Okay. It's kind of a really, really, really soft hit. <laughs> okay. okay. It's more of, more of a tap. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We haven't had a manic tap before. <laughs> Would you like my my penny on the thought? Go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I get what you're saying completely. Um, I can't see me suggesting this film to someone else and i can't see me re-watching it yes there may be a conversation about who rudy redmore was maybe with like my stepdad because he he knows a lot of the older kind of movie stuff maybe yeah. but it's not a talking point um, i have no need to rewatch this film again if it came on the telly i would probably turn it over um yes i enjoyed bits of it um and bits of it did great on me i would go for a soft miss oh you're going for the miss yeah i rated not, it higher than but you not, but not enough to full-on go this is a miss because no. it's not a bad film you're fully right i'm not its target audience the humor isn't my humor i like all the routines he does and initially with that he basically records to get himself out there straight over my head yeah i'm not the target audience <laughs> um and that's why i would give it a soft miss just on the grounds that i have no need for this film again so what does a soft hit and a soft miss actually mean? I think it's just a half and a half. It's, ne- it's neither here nor there. If anything, it's the perfect chance to let the, the, the public decide. It's a maybe. That's what we've got. It's, it's, a, ma- a, it's, a, yeah, it's a maybe. It's a manic maybe. Yeah. Yeah, all right. It's not a full manic. It's not a manic miss. It's a it's manic a, maybe. A manic maybe. Uh, right, it, yeah. is, it is the perfect opportunity to, for you to put your poll out there on Twitter and let people decide how they feel about this film. Yeah. Yeah. When this episode first goes live, there will also be a companion poll over on our Twitter page at the Manic with two ends. Very, Very important. important. So you can go over there and vote on that. We do lots of other stuff over on there as well. We've also coming towards the end of. Oh no, we're not. We're kind of halfway through our quarterfinals of what are they called the video game thing that I'm doing. Well. Well described of the thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what I've called it. I think it has a title. <laughs> you change your titles from week to week anyway. I do change myself <laughs> from week to week. And sometimes I just don't post it at all. Don't think I have for a few days. <laughs> There's only eight rounds for this time. <laughs> um, so you could go over and also check out our video game polls, which are just voting to see which games you want to see turned into a live action film. Yeah. I think Mortal Kombat was the latest one to get through. I voted for it. Yeah. yeah, and we also have a Tumblr. What's happening over on the Tumblr? Uh, currently nothing, but there's about to be something. Oh, I should imagine in the next week, I'm going to do an opinion piece an on opinion. an opinion piece on the current state of Star Trek franchise. Okay, that's not bad at all. And obviously, if you haven't listened to season three, episode one yet, that is up for you to listen to now. Have you listened to it, Tobias? Have you caught up yet? No, I'm still in season two. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's not... You're enjoying the moment. That's what you're yeah. doing. That's now, Tobias, <laughs> yeah. what are we going to watch next? Okay. 
I'm going to have two attempts at saying the title of the next film. Awesome. It's either Okja or Okja. Oh, okay. A gentle giant and the girl who raised her are caught in the crossfire between animal activism, corporate greed, and scientific ethics. Cast Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Seo Hyun. Director Bong Joon-ho. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a film I've heard of. Yes, it's I quite also a famous one. don't know how to pronounce it. Whenever I read it, I've been pronouncing it in my head, Okia. <laughs> so, yeah. but then again, when I read Harry Potter, it wasn't Hermione, it was Hermione. <laughs> so, we know that my opinion is untrustworthy. <laughs> Often wrong. <laughs> so, yes, Okia, Okia, Okia is our next film we're going to watch, and that will be two weeks from when this episode goes live. Fun times. Times of the funness. Do you have anything else you wish to add? <laughs> and <laughs> if you hadn't heard the news, we do now also have a Manic Patreon account. Yeah, we do. Where you can get some lovely exclusive access to some really cool content. A Manic Discord server where you get to have a chat with me and Tobias. Yeah. As well as vote on some more polls, but these ones are exclusive. Yes. Exclusive you get content to... is the key. Yeah, and you get to help potentially shape the future of the podcast. It's really cheap as well. It's like 120 a month. That's pretty cool. A month. <laughs> but other than that, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just about, we probably shouldn't sign up to our own one though. That's a bit pointless. We've already got access to the discord. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> other than that, Tobias, yeah. I think it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, skis. Oh, that's a new one. I like that. Oh, goodbye, skis. Indeed. Look after yourselves, people. And most importantly, Stay manic.